0: At Sif We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends if you don't know them?
1: So grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies. Like friends do.
0: There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax,
1: and enjoy the show.
0: Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room.
1: Hello and welcome to Sip-Hop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And he's not a guy on the Chiefs, but I love him anyway. It's Robert. Uh, am I missing something here? It's I know the... A- uh, have you seen that video of Taylor Swift at the Arrow's Tour? And she's no. singing that, like, Karma is my boyfriend, Karma is a god and song. And, no. and in the, like, first concert Travis Kelsey was at, she says Karma is a guy on the Chiefs. And nobody knew she was going to say that except for her. I so, see. Yeah.
0: Big things are happening. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe I missed this very important moment of world news. Oh,
1: you're like the biggest Swifty in the world, right?
0: I'm the biggest one.
1: Wait, what? Duh. I was going to ask what your football team is, but <laughs> first of all, I think I don't you're have a football, football team. Fan, but... um, yeah, I was like, would it be the Eagles? Like, it's close. That's not I... Travis Kelsey, but it is <laughs> his brother. Um,
0: <laughs> my, my, my. Favorite football team is my fantasy football team. There you go. Because that's, that's the only the, thing I do with football related.
1: My favorite football team is the one from Friday Night Lights. Um, mm. Or... <laughs> um, yeah, what I'm trying to think. Like a schlocky... Like, remember the Titans is too... Anyway. Um, the,
0: the team from the game plan. Boston something.
1: Oh yeah, that was the thing. The one I where do. Dwayne Johnson's allergic
0: to it. cinnamon or peanut butter or something.
1: I didn't see it, but um, you're not. I you saw it a long that. time ago. When I was a kid. <laughs> it was like that. Oh, no, no. Never mind. I was going to say it was that longest yard ripoff one, but no, that was Gridiron Gang. Anyway, um, I messed up your chance. Robert, did you have a quote planned for the your intro? or?
0: I was just going to say, I don't speak Japanese. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got it. Not a guy on the Chiefs, not Japanese. Got it. <laughs> I don't speak Japanese. <laughs> Uh, we, we are, um, writers and editors for sitpop.com. We do movie review reviews, best of challenges, um, which by the way, currently on hiatus, um, we're just not really like announcing. Um, we haven't announced it yet, I guess, but either way, like we're just because the holiday season, because everybody's catching up, we typically go on hiatus. So with Thanksgiving being tomorrow, by the time this drops, um, it's oh, just man, this is Thanksgiving episode. I know. Right. Um, this is, a, it's just a lot we for us. While so we're recording. We, uh what do we, while we're recording or when we're recording? Yeah, we gotta have some sort of feast to celebrate. I have a Mountain Dew Baja Blast right now next to me. I do have um, some animal crackers next to me. <laughs>
0: there we go. Some of those.
1: Perfect perfect Thanksgiving day or communion, your pick. Um <laughs> It was really fun, like when uh when COVID happened and church stuff became online, me and my wife were just watching from home and whatever we were having for breakfast was communion. So it'd be like coffee and you know, like a pop tart uh anyway um
0: this is his body <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh wow jesus
0: you have some fizzy blood
1: <laughs> i mean it is a bloody mary you uh, can call true. it a bloody jesus for church we'll move on um <laughs> Anyway, B.E.C. on hiatus until after the 50s, which will be at the start of the year. We're excited to to kind of get all that ro- rolling. Um, but um, we do other min- interesting movie review articles on the site. On the podcast, though, we're going to talk about um, coming attractions are back um, because the strikes or the writer strike is over. And so is the actor strike. And, again, I think they're still at least at the time of this recording, like they still need to vote on the thing. But whatever, the strike is over. So that's the important part to this. Um, so we'll talk about wish and Napoleon. Um, we're talking about Tokyo story as our goat, which was voted on by you guys. And, um, we'll, uh, get a chance to explore the B plot. I thought, um, did you want to
0: announce the next schedule? Oh yeah. That's been decided since the last one.
1: Um, I, I did, I did like it on the episode that. after it came out. So yeah, oh, let me, if you did, that's fine then. Well, but some, maybe some Having people myself only to listen, not listen to listening to, these. to every episode. <laughs> um, in order at least. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, the uh, no, that's fine. I, I'll I'll go ahead and announce them um, um, here as well um, because also the poll for uh, Joe's episode wrapped. Um, so uh, Joe's weeks. So um, Robert and I. Um, well, next week we'll be next month we'll be talking about the Elephant Man. This week we'll be talking about Tokyo Story. Um, eventually we'll also be talking about next year. Um, kind of in this order, month by month. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Roman Holiday, Heather's um young frankenstein nope i missed one. Oh, i didn't young frankenstein dog day afternoon and the very last episode of next schedule will be paths of glory um that's the one that you guys voted on um and some of those are really surprising um because some of those polls were really close at the beginning and then not at all at the end hmm. um, yeah I was
0: following along so
1: it was really kind of fun to see like oh this one's winning oh there it is there he goes all right <laughs> um and i think the closest one was um roman holiday always ran away with it which fine um I'm trying to remember one of them was uh, one of them was actually pretty close. I think it was Paths of Glory and um, Barry Lyndon. Barry Lyndon. I think that one was pretty close. Throughout. Anyway, Um, but also Robert and Joe will be joining me. Um, April 10th is the 200th episode. Um, So we're going to do something. I'm not sure what exactly. Maybe another trivia game. Maybe something different. We'll see. Another notable date is January 17th. Um, All the writers will submit their top films of the year. Um, So our top films of 2022 will come out on January 17th. Um, which should coincide with the sifties on the site. Um, So at least to some degree, Uh, the movies that Joe and I uh, and potential guests will be talking about. um, Looper and Donnie Darko was voted on. Uh, We're doing the dragon tattoo trilogy. Uh, Halo, the fall of reach beat out the mass effect movie. That was pretty close. Uh, It was a dragon
0: tattoo trilogy. Is it Swedish or something? So are you going to talk about the Fincher one
1: at all? um, Maybe nobody's picked it yet in their picks, but we're doing mm-hmm. the Swedish ones. Maybe eventually I'll like, maybe like we'll do the, maybe I'll show shoe sh- shoehorn in the uh, dragon tattoo. Usually, the one, but yeah, the, the original Swedish, trilogy. um, primer primer. And the one was actually really close <laughs> for a while. It's like, all right. Um, primer, um, they live in big trouble in little in China, big trouble in little China, uh, one and, um, the, uh, Candyman, original and requel beat out species. So by a lot, which I expected and and happy. I mean, I'm I would have been happy to watch either, but I feel like Candyman's more important. So um so eventually on this episode we'll talk about Tokyo Story. Um and after that we'll talk about general twenty twenty three It's just
0: um, my my job to derail films. us and make it as take as long as possible until we talk about Tokyo Story.
1: Hey look I've got the next three hours for
0: you, So um I haven't been a guest on a podcast in a while, so I need—I just need to bring my chaos energy.
1: It was last month. <laughs>
0: yeah, since last month. I've recorded a few podcasts since then. Nice. I'm, um, I'm used to hosting.
1: Yeah. We're kind of like a co-host on these weeks, but especially when we have a guest. But anyway. True. Um Yeah, well, for the B-Plot, we're just talking about 2023 movies. Those that have come out, those that haven't, and all those in between. Um, just kind of a real quick pre-award season checkup and whatnot. And... Um, Um, yeah this will be more interesting as I I know we talked about it recently like what movies are still on your watch list and whatnot at least I did but you guys get to hear Robert's thoughts every month on the review roundups which you should listen to if you don't Um, so (sighs) yes Uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's you know a lot of fun let's get into wavelengths Uh, let's (laughs) do that (laughs) there's silence I needed to fill it yep Uh, I'm trying to Trying to mix up wavelengths a little bit here, especially since Robert's been on and played this game a couple of times. Last week, Jack and I did it with video game, video games. Um, Robert, I said uh, TV seasons and I was like, that's a really cool idea. And then as I was picking it, I told you I immediately regretted that decision, but I came up with it. Um, West man toothed it. We just, we just like, I was mentioning, like, I know we watch a lot of different things and I'm already like way behind on TV. So um, I'm not sure. I'm willing to take a bet that you've seen two or three of my five. Not there's certainly no way you've seen all five. I would give you, I would give you, I would give you three max, but if I really had to put money on it, I would say two. All right.
0: What, how much money?
1: Uh, all the residuals that this podcast gets. Oh man. <laughs> High stakes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just wait until we sign that $300 billion contract with Spotify like Joe Rogan. Um, Take
0: over from Joe Rogan and Bill Simmons.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I got nothing on us. Do you want to start guessing or do you want to start by listing? Oh, man. Um,
0: uh, sorry, I'm just thinking that between the two of us, you look like Joe Rogan and I look like Bill Simmons. <laughs>
1: I've never been right. more offended in my entire life. It's, it's only because I'm bald. Like <laughs> that's literally
0: the only reason I was thinking that. But I was laughing to myself, and I couldn't not say it. And I apologize. Yeah,
1: that's fine. That's fine. I've, um, you know, I'll accept your, I'll accept your betrayal, um, and move on. Um, since, since I've already said, I think you've only seen two. I'm, I'm curious to know. So I'm gonna have you guess first. Okay. Um, okay. So, again, if you're new to this game, the way this works is normally we play this with movies, um, but I'm trying to mix it up a little bit, especially for those um, that are like recurring guests. Um, so um, I asked for TV seasons um, that you would rate on a scale of 1 through 10, um, and it ha- they all have to be the same number. And so I'm going to give him um, the TV seasons, and he has to get the- guess the number that I rated them. So um, I don't have any genre limitations. Normally we do that for... Um, uh, the movies, just so you have to kind of pick one from each category, but this is already, you know, different. So um, one that I know you've seen, I have Parks and Rec season two. Okay. I like and the Parks other, and Rec
0: season two is not great.
1: And the other that I know you've seen is Game of Thrones, the final season.
0: <laughs> Could you make it any more obvious?
1: <laughs> um, now the rest of these, I'm not sure. I have a feeling maybe you've seen one of these, but okay. I really
0: don't think you've seen any
1: of them um the walking dead season 4
0: i have seen the walking dead uh can you remind me what season that was
1: um it's the season after the prison
0: um is it the terminus season
1: i think so i okay. it's been it's been since it aired since i've seen it and um that was the last season that i watched so yeah
0: I, I didn't go i the last season i watched was the who did negan kill and then i said i'm not oh, tuning in to find out
1: that was like seven or eight or so okay but yeah it, it, either way it was after they had left the prison from three and they were it was the first season that had no Negan was in three um I think whatever either way I don't know it's been 10 years um so but Terminus sounds familiar
0: anyway okay. governor
1: the governor yes yeah it was no it was the governor it was the f- the governor was in three though I think he was also in four he was at the return in of the governor he was mostly in three, he came back in four, but he wasn't like the big bad, he just happened to be around, I don't know, it was all about them, like, going into this, Um, they they moved into this, like, essentially enclosed civilization, and yes. they got, like, ambushed, or whatever, anyway. And then um, that's the,
0: the pig trough finale. I'm
1: surprised, I thought, I'm surprised that you've seen more than two seasons of the walking dead, but
0: yeah, I watched it for a while and then I mean, you like didn't give up for right. Right. It was the biggest thing for, a, for a while.
1: Yeah. Um, and then I have the Falcon and the winter soldier.
0: Uh, I kind of watched it. Okay. <laughs> there was a period of time when I had a job where I could watch TV and that's how I watched, uh, Lawn <laughs> division and Falcon and the winter soldier, but I okay. liked this one a lot less. So I don't remember any of the details.
1: That's fine. I just I know that you've been off the MCU bandwagon um, longer than me. And um, um, yeah, that was
0: the shows went WandaVision, then Falcon and then Loki, right? Were the first three.
1: Yes. And then there was. Yeah, those were the first three.
0: Yeah. So I watched Wanda. Then I watched Falcon kind of. And then I watched like the first couple episodes of Loki while I was working and trying to pay attention. And then I realized I couldn't do that. And then I just stopped and never went back.
1: I don't, I've seen Hawkeye, but other than that, I haven't seen any of the shows since hmm. um, Loki. What if I, I watched the first season of what if, but, um, and the Marvels is the first movie that I haven't seen opening weekend since Iron Man two. Um, and um, probably the first MCU movie since the incredible Hulk that I haven't seen in theater, that I'm not going to see in theaters. So um.
0: I don't blame you. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's fine.
1: I just I know that yours like I really should see at least the Marvels before it, and I've heard Secret Invasion doesn't actually matter all that much. But I'll say
0: this: I was lost during kay. a lot of it, and that's the first time I felt like that.
1: It's fine; it'll be on Disney Plus, like probably probably Christmas, right? Like it it'll no be idea. a quick to Disney Plus because they want your money. Um. Anyway, the last one I have here is Westworld season. 2.
0: Okay, so we're doing out of ten. You you I'm haven't
1: good. seen Westworld, right? Or maybe you've only no, seen the but first I know... season.
0: I haven't I haven't seen any of Westworld, but I know like the idea is that also I'm getting the residuals from this podcast because I've seen four, nice,
1: um, ooh, ooh, three and a half, f-
0: fair, fair, which is still more <laughs> than the three that you said. <laughs> um, I'm thinking below five because Parks and Rec season two is not great. Currents er, of the galaxy. I wrote GOT Game of Thrones season eight is fairly bad. My guess, my guess is
1: a three. Wow. Oh, all right. Um. <laughs> no. No. Um. No, I I think this is it's either a five or a six for me. I I think okay. six is what I was thinking. Now Parks and Rec season two is bad, but if I was going three, I would have picked season one because like the last half, once once Adam Scott and Rob Lowe are introduced, the season gets pretty okay. Let's World yeah. season two is bad, but like six is still like sixty percent of that season I enjoyed, and that sounds about right. Um, it takes a, some big swings and misses, but there's enough there that it's worth it's. I, I haven't seen season four yet, so it's it's kind of hard to say. I think season three is good enough to say watch season two, so you can watch season three. But at this point, part of me just says just watch season one and stop and fill your mind with the with whatever. Um, That's what I thought
0: the consensus was, so I figured it was gonna be pretty low for Westworld.
1: Yeah, I mean it's the weak. It's universally considered the weakest of the four, and I borderline. I would have rated it like a four when it first came out, but no, it's. I rewatched it and I appreciated it more, but it's not great. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier isn't good by any means. That's probably like the closest, like lower down. And The Walking Dead I thought was fine, but not enough that I wanted to continue watching the show anymore because I really hated season three. And I was like, fine, I'll watch four. And then I was like, it's it's just fine. I don't need to watch more. Game of Thrones is and... where you
0: really got me. I didn't mm-hmm. realize you were that high on it at the end. Uh,
1: I mean, I have a lot of issues with it, but like, I think I'm kind of in the middle grounds on most of Game of Thrones. My favorite season is six, because um, that, that's the Battle of the Bastards and the hmm. um, what, whatever the event is called where the Citadel blows up with the green. Um. I think
0: it's called when the Citadel blows up with the green.
1: Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> no, I just. And, Tyrion and was, said, I think that was even a like, eight, eight episode season. I think that was even like a shorter one. Um, but yeah, that's the one that starts with Jon Snow getting revived, and I. I'm one of those where I think seasons one through five are great, but a little overrated. Um, and uh, seven is, you know, probably the weakest to me. Um, and eight certainly has a lot of things that I don't like, but
0: um, it's okay. We get it. You're a contrary and That's all.
1: No, it's just, I'm easy to please. Um, okay.
0: Easy to please. Meanwhile, you're saying the most popular thing is overrated. So what gives
1: I, in fairness, I didn't see the first five seasons of game of Thrones until season six started premiering. And then I watched like the season, I think it was season six was like getting ready to premiere. And then I I was like watching five as six was airing and then caught up enough time that I could watch the finale, like the night it aired. So I was way late to the party and it was way, it was super hyped and probably should just watch it again. Same with Breaking Bad. Like I should watch it again so I could actually, you know. You're
0: a Breaking Bad hater too.
1: I wouldn't say hater, but like, Uh, yes, (laughs) like. (laughs) I'm not saying that the show was bad. I'm saying I didn't enjoy. I I thought it was seven out of ten. You know, Um, Uh with some with some really high highs and some pretty low lows. Um,
0: It's okay. We can be wrong. You more than others. Yep, that's Uh, fine. I think you know my takes on at least one of these. All right, I'm ready, but I I can't remember. So I'm going to start off season one of the newsroom.
1: Oh boy, I know your take on this because I know you said you started and didn't finish it.
0: Okay. Season four of Friends.
1: That's the one where they, like, go to the beach. That's the one where, like, Monica and Chandler get engaged, I think.
0: Are you saying that on purpose? The one no. where uh, the oh, finale no. is Ross's wedding in England. In Paris, yeah. Or, yeah, wherever it is.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen.
0: Season one of 13 Reasons Why.
1: I've seen it. It's fine.
0: Season two of Stranger Things.
1: Oh, that's the worst one by far. Okay.
0: Was that five? Season... Uh, that was four. My last one is uh. Well, this is a this is a limited series, but it's under the banner of Heaven.
1: Mm. I know I'm higher on that show than you are, but I know you. Uh, but I'm pretty sure you liked it still, a good amount. I, I was I was wanting to go lower than what I think based off of that last one, because I know you said you never finished Newsroom, because but but I know you said you didn't finish it because of like the sorkin's politics essentially that doesn't necessarily re- reflect the quality of the show but i'm pretty sure you abandoned it, it may- maybe it was in season two or three but i know you never finished it season four friends gives me nothing to work with
0: uh <laughs> um, i'll be honest i was struggling to to fill it out at a certain point like
1: i feel like to, a show to not like, be
0: too obvious
1: yeah no i feel like a show like friends is like i mean see like that like maybe seasons four through six are kind of their sweet spot, like. I don't, I wouldn't label any of the seasons as bad, you know, but that's, they're really clicking and jiving on all the levels and, but it's just like any 30 minute sitcom where you have some really great episodes and some really bad episodes in the same season. So to me, like a 30 minute sitcom is no, <laughs> um, especially the ones that are 24 episodes, like friends, you know, they're, that means nothing to me. Um, Strangest Things season two, man, you must like that more. <sighs> Yeah, the Under the Banner of the Heaven is throwing me off. Because I, I I thought you were more along the lines of like an eight for that. But you must be lower. Oh, boy. I'll say seven. It's a four. Wow. <laughs> so you must have like taken a hard right turn on Under the Banner of the Heaven. Because I think when it ended, you were like, it's fine. I know it lost you.
0: I didn't like it. Uh, basically, from like episode three on. I don't remember like the specifics, but it lost me pretty quick.
1: I remember like. We were talking about it in real time after the first like episode or two came out. And then you were like, yeah, I didn't watch it. And I feel like I finished it. And you were still like, yeah, I haven't finished it yet. So
0: yeah. And then I went back to it right before the '50s last year. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is probably going to be on my top 10 or at least a performance or two. And then I was like, and I binged it in like two days right after New Year's. I was like, this is a waste of my time.
1: I didn't like that at all. That's a shame, man. See, because I wanted to. I kept on wanting to go because I'm like, you abandoned newsroom, but like, and Stranger Things season two isn't good. It, it has the worst episode of the series, and it's also just it's not very good.
0: Is that like the 11s punk yeah uh, emo episode, right? Yeah, that was the last season, season I watched. I didn't like it.
1: Um, I thought about not coming back because there was a big gap between two and three, but I eventually did, and three was my favorite um, hmm. season. And four's pretty. You good. know, I think
0: I started three also and still didn't like it. And that's I'm not funny. even trying to do like the, you know, be a hater for the most popular. Contrarian, thing. It's, like, yeah. it's it's just not for me. And I am glad people enjoy it.
1: Um, friends.
0: I just don't like friends in general. Uh, so I chose a random season and looked for something that I remembered. I'm, so that's where I came up with season four because everything else is season one. If I would have thought films. about
1: if I would have thought about that longer, I would have been like, I don't think I've ever heard Robert mention friends once, except I'm, I'm sh- I I think it was one that you like didn't grow up with. right yeah yeah, you like watched it when it came to netflix yeah in passing i watched it in
0: college and because you know that's what you do in college is binge the office and friends and parks and rec
1: and most people that came to it late realized like how dated the show had been in terms of things like homophobia and whatnot but and not even
0: i'm not even thinking that it's just no the half hour sitcom laugh track and i don't care about those characters
1: yeah no it's it's kind of saved by Matthew Perry and Matt LeBlanc to me. Like, like they're the reason why you watch it. And Lisa and like,
0: Kudrow to me, but yeah. Uh,
1: I think because she's like, probably gets the less screen time out of the six. Like it works. Like, I don't want her in large doses, but I really like how she just kind of like pops in and like, she's doing something crazy and ha ha ha. But yeah, like, yeah, I right. typically especially like David that character. Schwimmer is just insufferable.
0: Actually, yeah. here's my hot take is that. Ross was my favorite, from what I remember. I watched it through once, and I was like, nah, "I'm done." But I liked Ross because mm-hmm. he's obnoxious. Okay.
1: Uh, that's the biggest hot take here, um, actually, even more than uh, my Breaking Bad is overrated. Game of Thrones. The you're gonna you're gonna get hate mail for the Ross is the best character on Friends.
0: Um, so I, I do the 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 volume down hand gesture sometimes. You know that, that sort of thing is fun.
1: Um let's move on to uh the coming attraction. But before we do, Robert, I have one random question for you. Robert, I know you're a huge baseball 32. fan. Oh. I know you're a huge baseball fan, <laughs>
0: <laughs> That was my random answer.
1: Give me one prediction that you have um for MLB offseason. Free agent signing, trade, something.
0: Um Just hoping Shane's listening. The Diamondbacks are gonna sign Otani.
1: Are you like trolling no, or are you legit? I'm trolling. I was like I have not heard. I know he's linked mostly to Giants, Yankees, Dodgers, and Cubs, apparently. But I know he and wants the Red to,
0: Sox and the Rangers, yeah, and the right. Blue Jays might be in on him. And the Mets I mean, he's too. linked to
1: everybody, but I'm pretty yeah. sure he said he wants to stay on the on, on at least a coast, but specifically West Coast. Like it's it's kind of the Dodgers or the Giants, like signing to lose, you know, or the
0: Mariners because the Mariners had Ichiro for all those years.
1: Mm. Where do you think he's actually going to end up? Probably the Dodgers. If I'm yeah. being honest. It just seems like obvious, right? Like, but
0: yeah, just go to the good team where you I, live.
1: I do, I do want to see him come to the Cubs because even though I'm a White Sox fan, like that means that I'll get to see him play live. Like, mm. um, yeah, and shoot, like, even though I'm a White Sox fan, I would absolutely buy a Cubs Othani jersey, you know. Um, mm-hmm. no, what's, what's a legit offseason take you have? Oh,
0: I, I don't know. Um,
1: Blake Snell, Aaron Nola, Josh yeah Josh Hader are all free agents um
0: Josh Hader won't go to the Yankees because he won't want to cut his hair they'll have offered oh, him the most yeah. lucrative contract yeah but he he wants to keep his hair there's my there's my prediction
1: that's fair yeah um my prediction pains me to even think about out loud uh but my prediction is that the White Sox trade Dylan Cease in the offseason
0: um and Luis Robert
1: no they've a pair, from from articles that I've read, he is the only untouchable person on the roster right now.
0: Um, maybe that's because they're scared of his muscles.
1: Maybe. Uh, like I, I personally, I love the two of them, and I think that you you completely make up your roster around the two of them. Um, because, but like, sees had a down year, but he did have like a stellar twenty twenty one season. I was going to say, didn't he
0: have a bad year?
1: He had a disappointing season this season, but last season he was like a second in Cy Young voting
0: um what about this season
1: uh (laughs) no I look it pains me to say because every fiber of my being wants Dylan Cease but at the same time like we just um didn't take club options for Liam Hendricks and Tim Anderson that tells you where this team is going well because both of them were bad
0: well Hendricks had cancer and then
1: was just hurt and, and, and his club option is huge. Now, I, and then Tim Anderson. Is I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to still bring back Liam Hendricks just on a smaller contract because he's going to be out for a lot of the season, like just on a smaller money deal. I don't think that's going to happen, But and I don't see Tim Tim Anderson coming back at all um, just because he's objectively good enough to be on a contender. Um, I mean, he's well, maybe Jake past B, his prime. but
0: Jake B drafted Dylan Cease in our uh, fantasy league. Mm-hmm. 18th overall and kept him all year even though he was I mean it's not like he was bad
1: he just wasn't Cy Young nominee yeah um he was still probably the best pitcher on the White Sox which isn't saying much um so anyway it's it just pains me to say but Cease is still relatively young he's 24 25 I think but he's got such high trade value because he's got good potential and if he could just get a decent bullpen coach instead of Ethan Katz um, you know, and I think, I think, a, I think a trade haul for him would be massive. I, if they were going to trade him, I'd rather them do it at last year's deadline. But, um, it, every part of me wants him to stay on the White Sox, but I just don't think it makes sense to keep him. Um, because they're clearly about to start another rebuild because this last rebuild didn't work. So <sighs> I, you hope chest, didn't you? I hope my prediction doesn't come true. Let's move on to the coming attractions. Um, let's start off with Napoleon because that's the like, Bigger, I don't know, bigger is objective in this. Very different movies coming out. This It's um, a bigger hat, for sure. Bigger hat. There you go. <laughs> an epic an epic that details the checkered rise and fall of the French Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte in his relentless journey to power through the prism of his addictive, volatile relationship with his wife, Josephine. This is the new Ridley Scott movie uh, written by David Scarpa. Yeah, Scarpa. Um, Joaquin Phoenix starred- starring Vanessa Kirby, uh, Rupert Everett, Tahir Rahim, um, Paul Reese. Um Decent amount of um, peoples and names and faces in here. But the biggest thing is Joaquin Phoenix, Napoleon, Ridley Scott. Um, Robert, uh, anticipation scale is uh, only based off of your free will. Budget and schedule don't matter. Are you going to check out in the theaters? Are you going to wait till you could rent it at home? Wait till it's on streaming service. You already pay for wait to see the initial reactions or are you just not interested in this movie?
0: I'm going or on that scale. I would be going in theaters. We got mm-hmm. Ridley Scott directing a historical epic mm-hmm. starring Joaquin Phoenix. What else could you want? AKA leaf Phoenix.
1: Um, on that scale, I am just going to go a little lower than you. I'll go rent. Um, the only thing is to me is like that i'm i'm confident in this movie but ridley scott has been a bit of a mixed bag recently like you know house of gucci was his last like theatrically released and i didn't see it um i was never really interested but like i was immediately turned off based off of everybody's initial reaction you but that the house but a month earlier the last duel came out and it was incredible and you know he's done the martian in the last 10 years which is a favorite of mine We've talked about this, but I really like Alien Covenant and Prometheus. I know you're semi-big on Exodus, Gods and Kings. I haven't seen it. Um, like, he's he's always just like, he's he's all over the place as a director. And I have faith, but there always is that, there is going to be that little bit of hesitancy for me. So um, Here's the thing with Ridley
0: Scott. When he's doing movies based on true stories, you got The Gladiators, The Kingdoms of Heavens, The Last Duels which are all really good. Mm-hmm. But when you have more modern history, like American gangster or all the money in the world or house of Gucci, they're kind of bad.
1: American gangster is the best of American gangster, history, but, sure, it's, it's, but okay. it's not good. It's not great.
0: It's not like gladiator kingdom of heaven or last. Yeah, Duel. You're right. You're right. Napoleon takes place closer to the second group okay. in terms of history. So I got no idea what to think of this.
1: Well, um, I, I just looked up, I didn't recognize the writer by name. Um, he was a writer on The Man of the High Castle, which I really enjoyed the first season and a half of that show. I didn't see the rest of it, um, it. because it wasn't that good. Um, but don't worry, because this guy also wrote all the money in the world. So Was that one of the ones I just listed? Yep. Because that's not very good. <laughs> I didn't see it because of the initial reaction. Yeah, And he is also a writer on The Day the Earth Stood Still, on um, the Scott Derrickson one, which is a 5.5 on IMDb. Look, I'm not trying to say that, you know, that really means too much, but like like because, you know, people that have had not had great track records wind up coming up with great stuff all the time. Um look at this poster. The hat takes up half of it. Yeah. That's that's all I need to see. That's all you need to see? Yeah.
0: I I'm, I'm there. I need big hats and movies. That's all I want. All
1: right. Um um all right, so big hats takes the win for Robert. Whew.
0: There was a maybe we could talk about this. Later, but there's a tweet about how there've been good big hats in movies this year. Uh, mm-hmm. and I lost it. So forget it.
1: Who else had a big hat?
0: Um there was a list and I brought it up. So Oppenheimer's got a hat. Fair. Uh, they L- wear the-
1: cowboy hats in Barbie.
0: Yep. Killers of a flower moon. Okay. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, there that were a few more.
1: Big hat, yep, definitely.
0: The killer. He it's not a big hat, but it's a it's a bucket hat, so that's something. Um Owen Wilson played Bob Ross, so that's big hair. And it's gotta count for something.
1: It's just it's just um, a hat year. That's all. Just a hat year. Um speaking of hats, let's move on to Disney's Wish. Unless you had I anything, wish I had a hat. <laughs> no, <I'm trying laughs> unless <to. laughs> you had anything else to say about Napoleon. This is sorry, this is produced by Apple, right? Like same way that yes. goes to the Flower Moon. So this yeah. is like it's going to theaters, but
0: And coming to Apple TV plus at some point. And Ridley Scott has already said that he has a uh he has a four-hour cut coming out at some point. Interesting. So there's there's a world where you could just skip this in theaters and wait for that four-hour cut to come out onto Apple TV, and that'll probably be the better movie.
1: Could be. Um, we'll see. I might... Um, I, I, I don't know. We'll see, because that sounds like a huge time commitment that... Um...
0: That's historically worth it, based on Ridley Scott.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. It, it, his
0: director's <laughs> cuts are typically better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... So yeah, Joaquin I was just Phoenix looking to also see wore a
0: hat and bows afraid. Uh, so there's, there's another
1: one. There we go. Uh, another walkie. Joaqu- this, this is the year for Joaquin Phoenix and big hats. That's, mm-hmm. that's our B plot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was just looking to see if uh, killers of the fire moon is on our like Apple screeners yet, because um, it's not uh, because I was like, that would give me a timeline on when to pull. I'll probably wind up checking out in theaters if I have, if I can find the time in a showtime near me, but I'm not going to rush. Um, unless. It starts getting a bunch of five star reviews on Letterboxd, in which case. Uh,
0: you said I streaming, so rich. you need to change your. I said rent. Answer. You said rent. You need to change your answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either way, your answer wasn't wait for your. I'm just saying. Ratings. It
1: All right. Um. <laughs> well, let's move on to Wish. Wish follows a young girl named uh, Asha who. Wishes on a star and gets a more direct answer than she bargained for. When a troublemaking star comes down from the sky to join her, this is the new Disney animated film starring Ariana DeBose, Chris Pine, and of course, Alan Tudyk playing an animal. So, uh, Robert, wish, uh, same scale theaters, rent, stream, skip, or wait for reactions.
0: Uh, my honest answer would be skip just cause I don't mm-hmm. care about Disney animated movies anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, my real answer is that I'm, I got my tickets reserved already for next week.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, nothing about the trailer or whatever particularly impressed me. Um, It doesn't look you know, like, I don't know. There was something special about like when we saw the trailer for like big hero six or Moana or something like that. And um, I'm not
0: sure I've actually seen the trailer for this, to be honest.
1: It's just, I saw it in front of my screenings for pretty much every movie I've been to in the last month. Um, Like, uh,
0: I typically try to skip trailers. So I guess that'll do it.
1: I don't go to the movies frequently enough. And you know, for that to be a real bother for me, I just, I don't seek out trailers. It's just whenever they're on in the theaters and this one has been on for, Yeah, and I've been to the theater probably more in the past month than I have any given month this year. Cause kills of the flower moon and the holdovers and um, hunger games. And I think I saw one other, um, but oh, Tour. Tour. Um, but, uh, Sound you of know, freedom, look,
0: right. You went to see that four
1: times. Yeah. 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 Uh, mm-hmm. no, I bought the ticket, but I didn't actually go. Oh, right. right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and look, Ariana DeBose and Alan Tudyk playing an animal in a Disney animated film are going to be the things that are at least going to get me interested. So, mm. um, yeah, uh, she did the thing. She did the thing, indeed. Uh, uh, with all are of that, G- let's is in this. Sorry, let's move on to uh, our Swift topic. But real quick, you've gotten the chance to talk about some movies. If people want to hear more uh, movie talk from you, where can they find you, Robert?
0: Um, come to my house and I'll talk to, <laughs> talk to you about movies. Uh, go to the Also See Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's a pod I started with our co-writer, Foster, where we talk about movies that are underseen um, based on, you know, contemporary movies. Contemporary meaning, like, what's coming out that week. So the day after this episode comes out, I'm speaking slowly, so I pull it up and remember, we have mm-hmm. The Duelists coming out, which coincides with Napoleon. Uh, it's Ridley Scott's first movie, so it never gets talked about, so that's a fun episode. You can also find me once, twice a month on this feed, on these episodes, and on the review roundups, and find me on sifpop.com where you can find all of our other wonderful writers.
1: Um, and as a reminder, patreon.com slash in case you're interested in uh, more modern movie thoughts from me, or um, early access to episodes and things like that. There is uh, free tiers, and there is paid tiers that have only a little bit extra to offer. Um, so uh, make sure to check it out. Patreon.com. Robert, let's talk about Tokyo story. Tokyo story is a 1953 movie. You can catch it streaming on HBO max. If you um, are interested in finding it um, as a quick reminder, we'll be spoiling this movie. Um, we're going to be, we're going to assume that you've seen it. So we're going to talk about it in any you know ways that um, we would like. Uh, the synopsis is an old couple visit their children and grandchildren in the city, but receive little attention. Um, yeah, more or less. Um, the quick legacy of this movie, uh, why we might consider it among the goats, uh, it has an 8.1 on IMDb, which makes it the 211th highest rated film of all time. It has a 100 on Metacritic, and its aggregate made it like the number nine highest rated movie on Metacritic of all time. It has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and the Critics score, which is a very impressive feat. I believe the aggregate was 9.6, if I remembered right. I didn't look to see if there was a ranking on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. Um, it has a 4.4 on Letterboxd, which um, had it listed, this is not actually number seven. I think I meant to write 47. Um, let me just fact check myself here, here real quick. Um, because this is on the narrative films... 37. 37. Highest narrative films, um, according to Letterboxd. Um, Robert, did you fact check my Rotten Tomatoes? Is that what you were doing? No. Okay. I'm just um, using my phone. <laughs> Sorry. I, f- I just saw you pull up something right when I said that. Uh, this is also on Roger Ebert's Great Movies list. Uh, this is has a Criterion release. Uh, this is a um, couple other lists that it appeared on. Um, it, this was number 14 on the list of 100 Greatest Films by a prominent French magazine um, that I'm not going to try to pronounce, but it's like do it. Kashirs oh, uh, <laughs> du Cinema in 2008. In 2009, the film was named the greatest Japanese film of all time by Japanese film magazine Kinema Junpo. Apologies to all of our Japanese listeners and our French listeners um, and our American listeners too. Why not? Um uh, Yeah. <laughs> Entertainment Weekly voted it the 95th greatest film of all time in 2009. Uh, And since 1992, this film has consistently appeared in the British Film Institute's uh, polls of the greatest films. Don't apologize uh, to the Brits, though. Of directors and critics published in Sight and Sound. Uh, On the critics poll, it was 3rd in 1992, fifth in 2002, and 3rd again in 2012. On the directors poll, it was 17th in 1992, tied at number 6. Sixteen with Psycho and The Mirror in two thousand two, and in two thousand twelve, it topped the poll, receiving forty eight votes out of the three hundred fifty eight directors polled. Um, in two thousand two, it was the four; it was fourth in both critics and directors polls. In two thousand ten, Guardian, the Guardian ranked it um, fourth in its list of twenty five greatest art house features films, and it ranked third in uh, BBC's two thousand eighteen list of the hundred greatest foreign language films. Voted by 209 film critics in 43 countries around the world. If it sounds like I read it straight from Wikipedia, that's because I did. So please don't sue me for copyright infringement. Wikipedia copyrighted? I don't know. Um, But cover all my tracks uh, to get you your residual money, Robert. We don't want that. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Real quick, Robert, uh, before we dive into uh, how we felt about the movie, what is your history with it? And um, if you have no history, why were you excited to watch it? Uh,
0: Well, as you know, as you know, I don't speak Japanese, so I <laughs> that's nothing to do with my answer. Uh, no history. I was excited because we chose it. I honestly knew nothing about it until I pressed play on HBO. Um, always excited to watch a movie that I haven't seen that has a good reputation. So that's about all I got.
1: Um, yeah, kind of same, same lines. I picked up the, I I put it on my watch list and then eventually saw it on a criterion sale and picked it up. Um, and I put it on my watch list because I was going through the letterboxed narrative features and, um, anything that sounds remotely interesting that's that high is going to do it for me. So, um, And then seeing all the other praise that it got. And you know what? I just wound up one of the times just picking it up on a sale um, for Criterion. And now I finally had an excuse to watch it. And I did. Um, So, Robert. (laughs) I had an
0: excuse to watch it, but I didn't.
1: (laughs) Robert, Tokyo Story. Yeah. uh, The 1953 film. Uh, Did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? I love this movie. I thought it was great. Um. This might be the first time this has happened in a while, but I also loved this movie. Okay. They we're like on the same plane. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Um,
0: what airline? Uh,
1: well, I have an uncle that works for American. So let's say American.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> I hope it's American. I know it's American. But so based on this uh,
0: movie, we should be on the same train.
1: Oh, train to. Uh, <laughs> that's a different country. No. <laughs> Sorry to Koreans. Uh, just <laughs> apologize to everybody. <laughs> Except for the Brits. (laughs) Except for the. Sorry, John. Um, Well, not sorry, John, but sorry that you're not getting an apology. (laughs) Based on a true story. Okay. um... (laughs) You know what else is based on a true story? What? Gran Turismo. Oh. Duh.
0: (laughs) I thought you were going to say Tokyo story, and I was like, why wouldn't you have said that?
1: uh no this episode uh, uh,
0: though is based on a tokyo story
1: (laughs) oh my god (laughs) all right robert let's actually talk about the movie (laughs) um why did you love it
0: uh i loved it because it was good moving on to the (laughs) (laughs) b-plot
1: i loved it because it was good oh if you haven't put a letterbox review in yet will you please
0: (laughs) no i actually put a meaningful letterbox review because i actually loved it um good this is one of those where you don't want to say, where it's difficult to say, like, I loved it because I was kind of devastated <laughs> after I finished it. Sure. Um, it's one of those kinds of movies. Um, it's one, Yeah, it's one of the only times that I find our Sif Pop skill somewhat ineffective. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say I was devastated by it. I was moved by it. I thought it was incredibly touching, um, incredibly heartbreaking, heartwarming also um, in some sense. Uh, it's made and shot incredibly well like I love the angles of the the houses and the way that everyone is blocked and framed within the houses. Um, Yeah. This movie just basically has everything going for it. So um, there's my general thoughts.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll agree that like cinematography and the sound both stood out to me, Um, both being like, minimal but effective like it's not like the score is big and swelling i mean maybe like one or two moments but like it's very subtle it feels authentic it feels japanese you know like authentically japanese and it feels um like it fits the mood of the movie really well but yeah the the visuals as well again nothing fancy with the cinematography um but really effective in in um like framing and uh making us feel like we're in the room with the family like almost like we're a fly on the wall um and kind of a part of these conversations it's um really well acted and it's really it's, it's, i would say especially really well edited i know like to me like movies that are older like a lot of times might suffer from like the way it's put together because sometimes it just you know like citizen kane will just throw screaming peacock and then you're into a new scene you know um or like uh, a lot of times it's just quick transitions or it's just all right everybody shut up and we're going to do a crossfade or whatever like it felt like this was edited really well um, it all felt natural. It, it kind of flowed like scene to scene just made a lot of sense. I felt like it made kind of made sense. Um, whoever we were following at, at any given time. And I just really appreciated the family dynamic. And also I, um, apparently the, uh, I wanted to point out the, the, the film was a, only released in Japan in 1953. And then it was, um, screened at the national film theater in London in 57, Apparently, like, people were afraid of releasing it outside of Japan because it was, like, too Japanese. Uh, Yeah, um, Japanese film exporters considered his work to be too Japanese and unmarketable. So it wasn't until the 60s that um, the director's films began getting screened at, like, New York City, film festivals and museums and theaters. So anyway,
0: I definitely got some cultural things that I was like, I'm missing some stuff, Um, like some context and some subtleties. But I, you know, this movie is straight up human before it's any sort of culture or nationality. So, um, well, and I'm glad that it was distributed eventually.
1: I I agree that it f- there is definitely some things that I feel like we're just gonna miss out because of not being Japanese. But um, either way, like it, it, almost made me appreciate the film more. Like, um, like I, I love when films can explore family dynamics that are different than other countries. Like, I it's it's a movie I still haven't seen but I didn't really know what it was until long after it came out because I'm bad at keeping up on current movies. But like, um, uh, The Farewell that came out in like 2019 or 18 or something, yeah, um, one of those like, years, I remember people talking about how good it was. and I was like, oh, sure, maybe I'll check it out. And then I found out like the premise they're like, oh, yeah, they display loved ones for like a few weeks on end and you can just come and say your goodbye. I was like, oh, like that's really interesting. Like, there's nothing like- we have, we have that in the states where it's like, you know, you'll put a body in a casket and but it's like for two hours like um you know uh anyway it's just um interesting to me um kind of exploring this culture i thought i thought it worked um really well so i i was at some points like wondering if people were too casual around each other but i think i think the film is trying to make us like believe that sure it might be a little bit more casual but like it is still too casual like they they are trying to make a point how like People are just kind of kind of shrug, shrugging off the the parents coming to town. Like it might be a relatively casual environment, but it still should be more formal than this.
0: Yeah. Um, before we get into the real meat of the movie, can I ask? You said you watched it on Criterion disc. Yeah. How was the quality on that? Because um, it was pretty like the the uh, film reel that they used or whatever for HBO was pretty rough shape
1: it's it's hard to tell because like it is a movie from 1953. Um I I do think a lot of the times there is overlap on Criterion and HBO um because like they they have a lot they distribute a lot of films that aren't distributed elsewhere because of like the TCM contract or something. Anyway, um it wasn't a 4K scan, it was a 2K scan on a Blu-ray disc and it certainly felt touched up, but my guess is just the original film was in rough shape. Um so it was To me, it felt like, oh, good, but not like remarkably like there's a little bit of rough around the edges. But my guess is probably not as much as you experienced because I didn't notice too much. There's sometimes we're color grading. But, but like it's just they only have to work out the original negatives and likely because the film wasn't distributed for the rest of the world for a while and it was 1953 like they likely got destroyed like damaged not destroyed obviously um so i thought i thought the restoration was good but nothing that kind of stood out to me so my guess is better than what you saw but it's probably a little probably bit better not yeah. too much i'm um, just curious yeah i don't i don't really have a frame of reference um and because i'd never seen the film before like elsewhere or in a theater limited run or anything so um yeah i would say i'm happy that if i were to watch it i trust that i trust the people that restore it criterion to do the best possible job they typically do good work so I, I i'm happy that the way that i watched it was well as i pull it up on hbo max on my app just to kind of do a quick comparison it starts off with the criterion channel logo so my guess is it's the same restoration but there could be like streaming versus disc stuff going on. And um, it certainly Uh, looked worse for the wear, but nothing terrible or bad or anything.
0: um, Anyway, about the framing of the, and the blocking of the characters, uh, I noticed early on that every time that it showed the parents like sitting in their, you know, in that room, in their home, Mm -hmm. they're sitting in the same position. um, And then when they go to one of their kids' homes, they're still sitting like he's a little bit further forward and she's a little bit behind him. I um, going we get that same framing a lot, and then by the end, it's still the same camera setup, but she's out of it because she died, and to me, that emphasized his loneliness and his impending loneliness even more. Um, so that was one of like the main things that I noticed about the framing that they're sitting in the same way often, and then just take her out, and you're just like, dang! All of a sudden, he's really all by himself, um, and then that gets into the heart of the movie about the kids are there, but they just want their mom's clothes and uh they're they they got to catch the train home because they got work to do um yeah that's why i say it's not i don't necessarily love the movie but i think it's great because it's just devastating and heartbreaking in a lot of ways apart from that the daughter in law character
1: yeah the thing about framing that i noticed was depending on what situations they were in kind of was um like where they were placed in the set like at the at the at the place where the, the son is like a physician of some sort. They're always like off in a corner. Like they're way out of the way as if they're not even there because like yeah. that's kind of the way they treat them versus um, when they go to the daughter in law um, of their, yeah their daughter in law, like they're always like front and center and, you know, like in, actively engaged in whatnot. Like that, like to me that was like every, every one of these kids has a different relationship. And, like, I thought, like, kind of the way that they were even just placed um, mm-hmm. um, was reflected in that. So that was the one I, thing I noticed about the, like, framing and blocking. Yeah,
0: it's just really effective when most of your movie is people sitting and talking in various rooms to communicate something visually. Um, and this does a really good job at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wrote down some quotes. Sure. I think the hardest hitting one to me was... <laughs>
1: It's, it's the, um, it, uh, it's the quote after the, the death, right? Where she's mad about the clothes, right? No, is actually, it life, isn't life disappointing
0: that I mean, that's the one that everyone's going to say. And that obviously is effective. But the one that I wrote down was losing your children is hard, but living with them isn't easy either. Mm. Um, <laughs> I just wrote down. Yeah. Damn. After that in my notes, it's <laughs> just like, what do you say to that? You got like, you raise your kids their entire lives and then they go off and could barely pay you a second thought. Don't even really want to come out and visit you because they just say how far it is. Um, You literally put your health and life at risk to go see them for the first time in however long. Um, Do they say how long? It's got to be a long while because they introduce the grandkids who obviously don't remember their grandparents. So it's just like you have, I don't know. It just emphasizes that loneliness at the end where whether you have kids, whether you don't, you're kind of destined to end up lonely with the rest of the world going on uh, around you. Because, like I said, you have that shot where the dad is alone in his room uh, after the mom died at the very end. But then it shows the river outside, or the mm-hmm. water outside with the boats going by. And she's like, hey, everyone else is still living their life. <laughs> and he's stuck basically being made fun of by the neighbor, it seemed like. it's like, you're about to be lonely. <laughs> and it was just... It was- I don't know how else to describe it other than devastating in just a lot of ways. It's,
1: it's, it's a very similar feeling. Um, like if you're ever watching a movie and I'll just, cause it's a recent example, but like, uh, since we talked about it last week, but take shelter, like the scene where Michael Shannon gives away his dog. Um, yeah. it's just one of those where like, you want to grab the, do- the closest dog to you. Right. And like, just hold them. Right. It, th- this is one of those movies where it ends and you just kind of want to call your parents. Um, um, yeah, like it definitely, it, 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 it felt that way. Um, yeah, no, it, uh, I I certainly got that same like melancholy um, sort of feeling, but um, yeah, um, especially like especially when all that is in comparison to the person that easily treats her the best is the person's not even a blood relative. Yeah,
0: um, <laughs> I was wondering. It's like it's it almost feels like an anti-family movie, where not that it's like explicitly anti-family, but pro like the people who actually. Are there for you are the ones who are worth keeping around. Um I say anti family though because all of the kids are just like eh, whatever. <laughs> you know, by the by the end, even the one who's living with the dad has gone out and isn't there anymore. So it's just like rough stuff all around. I don't like I said. I don't it, know how else no, to put it's
1: it. you're right. It's interesting because the movie seem the the movie's message seems to be take care of your family while they're here um, and. And appreciate them while they're here and, and, you know, don't, don't take, don't, don't take for granted that they are here. And, you know, also, and also kind of maybe show some sympathy when they die. But uh, yeah, I, I was wondering also, is that like common Japanese culture, right? Versus is that, you know. Like which, she dies and like then like the, the leaving immediate, like she dies and they even like brought morning clothes. And the next scene is like, all right, we're leaving. Like we got to get back to work. And it's like, I get it. Right. Like Tokyo is like the most populous city in the world. And like, it's, it's a very, like that culture I know is significantly more uh, like work oriented. Um, so like, I don't know how much of that like plays into it, but it's
0: also 70 uh, years ago. So
1: true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Was that
0: to take into, into consideration too
1: yeah so it's so yeah so the movie kind of seems to have this this me- the these messages of like take care of them while they're here um but yeah it's a, it also has that weird like the fact that both parents individually have a conversation with the daughter-in-law that says please remarry like um like that kind of says something, does it? Like they, they treat, she is treated more like family, deal, you know, because everybody's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm too busy. This, this, this. And they call her up and she's like, yeah, uh, let me see. And like, Hey, can I take off work tomorrow? And she like does whatever she can to like move around. And, um, and, and which also just reflects like at the end, like she feels so guilty. And I'm, I, I wonder if, um, uh, like based off of that scene at the end where she talks about how she feels like such a bad person um part of that family because she doesn't even remember her husband most days. Um, husband, ex-husband, whatever he's considered dead um, from the war. but um, but how I wonder if part of that was like maybe her feeling guilty, but either way, like I don't I don't think that came across early. I don't think it was. I think that was just in general. Um, she's a good person.
0: <laughs> right yeah, I read that as she's so good that eight years after her husband died, she feels bad for not thinking about him every day because she's grieved and moved on. Whereas th- their biological children are doing everything we've said where they're not, you know, not calling, not visiting, not making time when the parents are there. And the even one, the one that s-
1: lives closest doesn't even get to see the mom before she dies. Like,
0: right. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, appreciating your parents while they're still around that, that son is the one who said no one can serve his parents beyond the grave. Yeah. Yet he's still the one who gets there late. And even though he knew he could have taken the 840 train or whatever it was. So it's like, that's ultimately the lesson. But none of the characters actually follow it, even when they're aware of it. Um, But yeah, the way I read that the daughter-in-law was... For a second in that scene, I was waiting for her to be like, I actually cheated on him or something like that. That's why she feels guilty. But no, she feels guilty just because she grieved and moved on, which is... Nothing to feel guilty about, especially eight years later. Um, but in comparison uh, to the rest of the siblings, she's like perfect. She's an angel.
1: Which <laughs> there was uh There's an interesting line. Um, yeah. Um, you're the the family. the The parents seem to be like. There's not like a. They're, they're very accommodating. They're very like easy going with the flow. They're very like you don't get the sense that they like were bad parents or that they like neglected their kids like for work or whatever. Like you just get the sense that they're just your typical run of the mill family. Um, which then made it, what did you think of that line at the end there? Um, it might be the last line of the movie, but, um, where the like neighbor is walking by in the like shortest, most unconcluded conversation ever. And she's just like, Oh, she's dead now. Huh? And he's like, yeah. And then he says, like, uh, he says, I, if I'd have known things would come to this, I'd have been kinder to her while she was still alive. Like, and then they was like, "Oh, okay, bye." Like, <laughs> what did what did you think of that line um, or that scene or that? Whatever? Yeah,
0: I I think it's just more of the devastation. It's these people obviously had a good relationship. Um, you don't see them like really fighting or anything, so they had to have had at least a good relationship. Um, yet, as soon as you lose someone, especially when it's a surprise, like in this movie you're thinking back on what you could have done better. You have regret for all the things that you wish you could have done. I, I, I think of it similarly to the, that daughter-in-law conversation we were just talking about where Mm. he probably could have been nicer to her, but even in comparison to all of his kids, at least he was there for her. They were together for however long and they had a good partnership and they, you know, they were married. We don't see him being mean. We don't see him like, treating her poorly.
1: The only thing, and this is why like the line particularly broke me is that like yeah. why that might've been like my standout line. I, I mean, of course the isn't like disappointing one also, but yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. You're right. Like we, we don't get any sen- the sense that there's anything that, that they, that they ever treated each other wrong. The only thing is he used to struggle with alcoholism and there's kind of sure. some like implied, um that he didn't do well um with it and but like nothing that they haven't like buried the hatchet on and clearly moved on for a long time at this point um you know so much so that he's still allowed to enjoy sake just you know like at the daughter-in-law's house but like he and then he gets drunk like the next scene but like you know she's fine him being around it just anyway so they clearly like buried the hatchet there so like I, you know, we all have regrets and how we treat people, you know, um, the you know, little things or, you know, I'm sure it's one of those like if I found out my wife died today, like I would be like, oh, there's a million things I wish I would have, you know, but it's like mm-hmm. I wish I would have done differently. And not that I think I'm actively doing anything wrong in the present, but like um, but like the fact that he says it with a smile on his face, because like I feel like if I were just to see that text. Like I would expect like ending of Schindler's list. Like I could have saved one more and just bawling and crying. Like I wish I'd have been kinder to her, but like he like says it with a smile and he just sits in his contentedness and the neighbor like leaves him alone. And he like, you feel like bad because it feels like when you like, it feels like I haven't experienced this yet, but like, it feels like when you drop off a parent at a nursing home and you're like, all right, and I'll see you when I can. And that's rarely ever, um, you know, uh, but uh, certainly not frequently enough. And, uh, for most people and, um, but like, like there is kind of that sense of like, oh, he's just, he's going to be that lonely old grandpa now. Um, but, uh, but like he's, 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 he's like kind of contented with where he is, you know?
0: I got the contented sense the whole movie because that smile I was noticing throughout the whole movie, he seems to be just kind of distant and go with the flow. He's just always kind of laid back literally and just... Talking slowly and being like, oh, yeah, that was we could do that or something like that. Yeah. Meanwhile, the mom is a little bit more direct. Um, I definitely noticed a contrast between the two. So I didn't particularly pick up on the way that he said that line because that was just kind of in agreement with the rest of his performance. Sure. Um, Which if I had any negatives, I would probably say his performance because to me it was a little bit of a difficult nut to crack. Mm. I couldn't get into why he was just, I don't know. His eyes just kind of seemed glazed over the whole time. He was just kind of there where the mom was a little bit more active. I don't know if you noticed anything like that.
1: Um, I think I just read it as the mom's just a little bit more like blunt as, as demonstrated by, you know, the mom having the conversation first, saying you should remarry. And then that's halfway through the movie. And at the end of the movie, he's like, Hey, by the way, you should go remarry. Like they have that, meaningful conversation there at the end, but the, um, the, the thing that I mostly just took away from them too, was like, the, everybody else is having conversations about like, Hey, we've got this coming up so we can't do anything. Or like, we're going to send them to this nice hotel and they're going to you have a, it's like, they just, they're fine sleeping on the floor in your kitchen. Like they just, right. they just want to be around. Right. Like it's just, it's, it's classic, you know, grandparent syndrome or, you know, parents. Like they're just, they're happy to be there, you know, around. And they just um, want to get them out of their hair. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like they're just like oh, I'm too busy. Which, honestly, like really, I feel like every really, really happy. Asked
0: how long they were going to stay?
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, except for the the daughter in law. But yes. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And they were like, oh, well, we could like do you here for a night and like let's put you up in this hotel. And then they're relieved. They're like, yeah, they'll be fine. They'll go get a spa treatment. It's what they want. It's like they want to be like. I'm really, I'm really happy that I think I just put this around because I don't know that this was like ever scheduled to have a guest with us, mm-hmm. and, I, and I was like. Shove it close to Thanksgiving because we're going to be busy. Like the Thanksgiving and Christmas ones, I'd rather just the two of us and we can knock it out um, whenever we can find time because finding a third person to find the time around the holidays is difficult. So, sure. But I'm really happy that we got that this came so close to Thanksgiving. This episode's going to drop the day before Thanksgiving. If you're listening, to this is real time on your way to family Thanksgiving. Like, I can't think of it a more appropriate time, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So, so I man, something about just.
0: When you see your parents at Thanksgiving this year, don't ask how long they're going to stay. Don't try to send them (laughs) out.
1: Yeah, no. um, Yeah, it's it was it was a really great precursor going into Thanksgiving. And man, something about just like middle 19th century Japanese films about family and purpose in life um, just apparently are my bag. Um, What else you got?
0: Uh, uh, Ikiru? (laughs) Okay. It's like the more it specific now, but, you got, it's like, well,
1: where are you going with this? You know, I, I'm sure I, I guess I just got to watch more 1940s to 60s Japanese films about life. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, um, I don't think that this movie is necessarily like saying anything new. Like it's, well, oh, sorry. Like I, I what, what, what mean? I mean, what I mean to say is that like, wh- I think it's we saying were like so many
0: different things. <laughs> like i
1: sorry what i mean to say is i don't think the film is necessarily saying anything that you don't already at least know right sure like but it is it, it is a great reminder like and it is a great like again like experiencing it in a different culture like yeah be nice to your parents thanks movie like you know <laughs> well isn't that the power of art and the
0: reason that we engage with movies in the first place it, like so like everything so my everywhere point... all at once last year, its message is be kind to each other, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah everyone knows to be kind, but then you watch a movie that communicates it effectively, and you're like oh I just had a, this movie just had an effect on me. I'm gonna implement this into my everyday life.
1: So the point that I was trying to make <laughs> okay. is you're not necessarily going to be blown away with this movie's meaning. Maybe maybe you'll I mean, find something. Maybe maybe you'll find something else, but like. It is a really great work of art like i I, I kind of think of this movie like the same way uh that I described when I saw the holdovers last week, which was like you've seen this movie before, but it's barely it's rarely done better than this like um I
0: would still disagree with that. I would say like Tokyo story is it's, uh, unique in its messaging because it deals with how you treat your parents, how you treat your kids, um wanting to have some sort of purpose in life uh, your partnership with your romantic partner um grief living life on your own loneliness that sort of like it has lots of different uh, what, what is it saying uh, pokers in the fire or whatever it has a lot of different <laughs> it has a lot of different things that it, that it has on its mind and none of them feel short shrifted none of them feel uh overdone I just felt like it was perfect all the way through. Well, Whereas the holdovers has Paul Giamatti's lazy eye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> one movie has a lazy eye. <laughs> the
0: other one has lots of themes. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, no, I, lo- I love the holdovers too. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Sense. No.
1: <laughs> the question is which eye is lazy? He'll tell you at the end. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Like I just, I mostly wanted wanted to say that to maybe like I don't know, tamper expectations or something. Like you know, there there comes movies where you're just like. That's profound and incredible, and wow! I can't believe, and nobody's made a movie like this before, or no, can't believe nobody's tried to remake Tokyo Story, and like that. I mean, honestly, surprising, Um or at least not that I can think of. Gran right? Turismo
0: like... based on a Tokyo Story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I think that's. I think that might be the perfect place like to
0: end it. Singular in its achievement, and in the way that it, in the way sure. that I don't know, in the way that it is. I was blown away. I was moved. I was all of the. Superlatives. Mm.
1: Superlatives. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, good word. Nice vocabulary. Thank you, um, Robert. It's safe to say we both think this is consi- This sh- is rightfully considered a goat. Goat. <laughs> yep. Uh, where did this rank on your list?
0: I think it was at like four. It was at six. Six.
1: Yeah. Um, I had this at five. Um, yeah, like I and I'm I'm really happy with that ranking. Like it right behind uh, the birds. Uh, no, but uh i guess there's not a shared actor i was like um uh, right behind arsenic and old lace um hmm. and ikiru was before that um but yeah i was just kind of looking at him. eight and a half uh yeah um i um yeah it was just one of those where like i immediately pulled up my list to kind of see i'm like all right i know that i'm going like four and a half stars here um but so you hated where it. I where five. exactly is that going <laughs> And I open it up immediately and I'm like, well, higher than quiz show, which is six. And I love quiz show. Um, but anyway, Uh big fan of Tokyo story here.
0: I loved it because uh, it was good.
1: Loved it because it was good. Nice. Um, maybe I'll just make that my letterbox review. I loved it because it was good, Robert. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> very nice. Uh, next month, we'll be talking about The Elephant Man. Uh, this will be my first David Lynch experience, I think.
0: Your first Lynchian viewing experience i've seen a couple. yeah because
1: like what else like what what i mean i haven't seen and drive like what what might i have seen
0: uh racer head feels like a movie you would have seen i'm joking nope. completely um yeah i don't think any of his movies are really Aaron movies
1: um no i mean i have like i know he's mostly just like the producer the brain behind it but like i do own the twin peaks series um yeah, i haven't seen and drive haven't seen blue velvet haven't seen Eraserhead. I haven't seen Dune, the original Dune. Um, Those are the four
0: that I've seen. So good,
1: uh, and I think the Straight Story is the other like semi decent amount of human. So, but yeah, I think um, I I've owned Mulholland Drive for a while, but
0: I haven't seen it. You should watch it too. You think?
1: Um, I hear have it's got seen, a super not controversial ending or anything like that. So have you seen maybe his maybe...
0: Well, uh, weather reports? Oh, you just like you have to look them up. Forget, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't try to imitate it here.
1: Okay, um, it's just YouTube videos. Will do. YouTube, David Lynch. Um, yeah, so we'll talk about The Elephant Man next month. And um, you already have heard about the films that Robert and I will talk in, be talking about uh, next uh, cycle. So if you are a physical media person, put them on, buy them for Black Friday. And um, if you are a streamer, like figure out where you can watch them. Um, so uh, I'm not going to repeat them again. Go rewind the episode. Uh, Robert, you ready to move on to the B-plot? Yeah, sure. Cool. Um Vague general discussion of 2023 films. Uh what do you want to start with? Uh it's been a good year. I've enjoyed it. I'm having a good time. Uh, um what's your general like I, I mean I know you just said enjoyed it, but what's your like general impression of like the year? We talked about this on the 50s last uh-huh. um, last time. Like what's your general like if you could describe 2023 in film like with a word or phrase like Oh. Uh <laughs> The big ones are mostly on bad.
0: <laughs> what, I, what I was going to say was that like every month I do the review roundup, which is where we just talk about the biggest movies of the month. And I find myself saying, okay, or didn't like it way more often than I'd like to. But then I look at my rankings for the year and I've got a lot of movies that I really like up until like, I don't know, maybe the 50th movie past that. I, I like movies on there uh, in my rankings. And it's just that a lot of smaller stuff has come out that don't, Quite make the the uh, review roundup but i still really enjoy them so like past lives or anatomy of a fall or how about pipeline talk to me theater camp starling girl the adults reality stuff like that just like there's a lot of really good just mid-tier in terms of their release strategy um that's worth watching and talking about
1: i was gonna ask like uh you you see most of the movies that come out what's still on your watch list this year uh that has already come out like that. Like not does not to come out yet.
0: Like the, the biggest ones that I probably haven't seen are like extraction Two or, uh, I just had another one. They clone Tyrone, which I know a lot of people like. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I haven't seen those. I unfortunately have been watching most. <laughs> well,
1: that's fine. I just like, um, I was just curious, like for those people, for those people like you that watch all the movies that come out, like what, what is still flown under the radar? like, um yeah i've seen 27 movies 27 new releases this year but i still have like a decent amount that i'm going to check out like ones that i want to get to before the end of the year for one reason or another like um saltburn totally killer um the creator polite society you yeah, know uh polite society blackberry um a documentary called just One a mile that i heard is actually great um uh gran Turismo because of your glowing recommendation of it um it's based on a true story i don't even know if you do that oh oh it's based uh, on Teenage mutant story. ninja turtles mutant mayhem i still haven't gotten around to theater camp and asteroid city and past lives i know i'm gonna love all four of those um a thousand and one um i also haven't seen extraction two yet i'm not torn about it but like sure i'll watch it um and knock at the cabin, which Foster thinks that I'm going to love. You haven't um, seen
0: all of these, but you've seen Sound of Freedom four times.
1: No, I've bought tickets to it four. Oh, times. right, 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 right. I've seen it twelve. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you bought a ticket to Oppenheimer, but went to go see Sound of Freedom.
1: What What is one movie that you like? Are pretty sure I haven't seen this year that I didn't uh-huh. just mention that you're like. Hey, actually, this n- you need to see this one by the end of the year. Like, I feel like Past Lives might be that. Like, for most people, but, like it's already on my watch list. Well, you just mentioned. Like, that. I feel like I feel like Pat- Past Lives is that one. anatomy of a fall. Yeah, yeah. Um, that probably how, should go on my How to Blow Up a Pipeline. I think that definitely was meant to be on my watch list. It might, yeah, um, because I do really want to watch that one. Um, I just don't know. Sometimes Letterboxd like is like, well, it we got a release. Yeah, it's it's labeled as a 2022 movie, so that doesn't. No hard feelings. Have you seen that? no is it worth watching yeah okay everybody was like it's fine like (laughs) gran turismo based on true story Mm, yeah i did not mention that one five minutes ago i
0: yeah it hasn't been talked about a lot so i figured you should know about it
1: oh uh yeah oh man i really need to look at this like 2022 thing because like a lot of these are listed as 2022 that aren't uh like the blackening for some reason this is 2022 movie oh weird yeah that definitely Um, came out this year sisu um was another one um was that no, that was last year. It was like just December. Sometimes, I don't know. Sometimes these, like, uh, I was looking at that senior, the Robert Downey Jr., Robert Downey Sr. documentary, but that was. Last that year. one's
0: kind of obnoxious.
1: Late last year. Um. Anyway, so, like, uh, for sure, not that I think Blackening or Sisu were going to be, like, mind blowing, incredible good, but yeah, How to Blow a Pipeline is considered that.
0: Did you watch uh, How to. Uh, are You There, Goddess Me, Margaret? No. That's another really good one.
1: Yeah, cool. Uh, should I watch the killer? Would I like the killer? People are like either loving it or hating it. Would I like it? I mean, I thought it was
0: okay. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I don't know. What do you think of Fincher typically?
1: Um Great. More
0: specifically, what do you think of like Gone Girl and Dragon Tattoo?
1: It's been a while since I've seen Dragon Tattoo. I need to like revisit it. I remember like liking it, but not loving it when it first came out, but half paying attention to it. Or Seven um, or Zodiac. So, Zodiac is probably my favorite Fincher. Okay. Um, I really like seven and uh, yeah, I'm in love to camp for Gone Girl. Um,
0: Uh, Well, it's not like any of those. (laughs) No, it's it's in like the crime underworld space, but it's much more dry, (laughs) much more, much less stylized. um, And it's Fincher's attempt at a comedy.
1: I think my my understanding is that people that like know what this movie is going into it are having a good time and at least yeah. somebody's so, really appreciating it. But people that are wanting it to be the next seven are hating it.
0: Right. So go in with that in mind. Go in okay. thinking about how it's intentionally a little silly. Uh, and I think you might have a good time.
1: I've got just a couple more ads to my watch list then. So between Are You There, God, it's Me, Margaret, How to Blow or Anatomy of a Fall. And uh, how many of them um, are you going to watch? Um, typically I'll start to hunker down here soon, especially because like a lot of these are going to start being like widely available on streamers. Um, you know, so I don't have to like go to a theater, or, like find that time. So like I'll, I'll, I'll get to a lot of these in the next month. Like typically, like around this Thanksgiving time is I'll, I'll start to like hunker down and watch more movies than anything else. Um, to kind of catch up before the year ended. Um, yeah. Um, what about? Let me ask you this, uh, since I'm doing a couple others. Um, uh, Priscilla.
0: Have you seen any Sophia Coppola movies? I get the sense uh, you would probably be bored by
1: it. What else has she done? I, um. She's done a lot. She's done
0: Lost like, which, in Translation, Marie Antoinette, um, Somewhere.
1: I think Lost in Translation was what I was thinking. No, I haven't seen any of those, but I am 99% watching Lost in Translation this next schedule.
0: Virgin Suicides, Beguiled. Nope, not seen any of those. The Bling Ring.
1: I mean, I hated Elvis, so... It's completely different than Elvis. I know, I know. So maybe I'd love this one. Um, Yeah. No, it's. um, What about. uh, (laughs) Would I like Five Nights at Freddy's? (laughs) Shame. No, because nobody would like that movie Um, based off of the writer's room review roundup. And and Dicer's review just like made me immediately like not interested because it says you have an IP about a psychotic Chuck E. Cheese robots and you went with contemplative family drama about custody rights. It's
0: like, yeah, it's not interesting. Josh Hutcherson. He is practicing like reliving his memories and dreams so that he can find the person who kidnapped his brother when they were kids in the woods. Uh, It's really stupid.
1: Um, Now I'm curious. I just want to look through your 2023 and kind of see if I um, can point out some that I can be like, hey, should I watch this? Um, I'll, Real quick, um, I hear that Saltburn is just two hours of of uh, Jacob Elordi being ridiculously hot. What's your take on that? Mm, uh,
0: <laughs> true, accurate.
1: <laughs> but but number six movie of, of the year.
0: It's great. It's really good. I uh, There's so much more than that. I don't even want to say it.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Uh, all I needed to know was Emerald Fennel, and I'm in. Um, you have To Catch a Killer ranked really high.
0: Yeah, that's also really good. Uh, thankfully, Jake B just randomly... Wrote a review for that in the middle of the summer, and, I, and he, it was a glowing review. So it was on my watch list ever since then. And I finally watched it the other night. Uh, it's great. It's about mental health. It's about what drives people to violence and what continues that violence. It's about cops being bad at their jobs and knowing it. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's it's really really good and it's shot really well too. And uh, Scott Shalene Woodley and Ben Mendelsohn. I don't think that's enough
1: to recommend it yeah but i mean ben Mendelssohn is yeah he's great enough um they named a Barry episode after him uh- he's kind
0: <laughs> of like the uh you ever seen hell and high water hell or high water you know how you kind of expect michael shannon you were talking about this last week you expect michael shannon to play a villain um he's like not no i'm, not, or I'm not, hell or high water nocturnal animals no i haven't seen that okay i was like well, he's not in <laughs> <laughs> either in nocturnal animals you kind of expect michael shannon to show up as a villain but he's a cop. He's just like a really rough around the edges cop. It's the same thing with Ben Mendelsohn and To Catch a Killer.
1: Yeah, because he and was like default really blockbuster villain for a hot second. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I'm looking at your list, and I've added a couple that I've just I've heard TikTokers talk about, or I've heard like things like like Ryley Lane. Lane, really I'm I'm really curious based off of what I heard from the last Riders Rue writer's room review roundup. Um, You seem to be really into this one movie and I need to know if you think I would love it. Tell me about She Came to Me. Would I love this movie? I thought
0: I talked about it last time I was on here.
1: Um, You might have. I don't know. You don't really like rom-coms, right? Yeah, but you said this is like a really... Weird, trippy movie that's ridiculous and hilarious, and every part of me was like, "Man, I want to watch that movie." It's right
0: accidentally now. all of those things, oh. and that's what makes it I endearing. I don't like
1: accidentally all those things. I like, but like you, you, you were talking about it, and I was like, "This sounds like if you know, I just Nathan knew Fielder made it. a rom com, or no, um, it's not that, or if Bill Hader made a rom com or something." You know? No, no, it's more Sad. just
0: a, a a poorly intentioned rom com that comes out well, uh, no matter what. Okay. Or in spite of it.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm looking through your list, and I think I'm mostly like I'm to the point now where I'm like anything lower than Fast X is, which is my mm. second least favorite movie of the year. Um Fast X yeah, is definitely but... not not worth watching. You know, even though like I, I had a decent enough time with Blue Beetle, and you have that lower, but um, it's fine. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's 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 2003's best superhero movie. Like I said.
0: A little bit higher than Fast X is everything that I like this year, then probably about starting with Fast X is just like a bunch of okay before you get to the few bads.
1: Sure. One, well, like a movie that you might find okay, I might really enjoy. Um, but looking at the ones that you have there are not particularly, because you know, I'm looking at Flash, I'm like, nope. Um, but I liked uh, Evil Dead and more than you. Yeah, that I'm one sure makes I'll sense like too. Totally Killer more than you. Probably. Um, you like Cocaine Bear more than me. It was fine. Um, 80 for Brady, gonna make my top 10 of the year.
0: 80 for Brady is like the high end of okay, like, I that's <laughs> the most watchable garbage you've ever seen, pretty right. That's a good way to put it. That and Murder Mystery 2, which I really like,
1: yeah. Well, I would have to watch Murder Mystery 1 before 2.
0: Both of them are actually very watchable if you like Sandler at all.
1: I know I've heard you say that maybe one day, but today is not that day. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you see air? You saw air, right? Yeah, it's fine, cool. Um did yeah, you see?
0: um, um <laughs> I was just gonna say Gran Turismo again.
1: <laughs> no, but I'm, look, I'm gonna like that movie. Like, it, I just will.
0: He went from a gamer to a racer.
1: Wait, what? <laughs> it's based on a true story. <laughs> well, now that I know that, straight up my watch list. Yeah, no, like like I said, especially like now He's that a lot of these are done gonna... a hundred times before, except like, so... only in the game, never in real life. So the problem about like my current occupation and whatnot is that like I I work a lot of nights, which means that if we're gonna like if I'm gonna watch if I'm gonna do something at night, I want to spend time with my wife and that typically doesn't mean going to a because she has an early bedtime. So I have a lot of like mornings free, but my theaters aren't really open. Like and a lot of times I work at like three or four, so I don't have enough time to go to a movie and come back because mm-hmm. the start showtime is like one yeah. thirty. So now that they're gonna be on streamers, I'll start watching movies that just like nine in the morning you know when i don't work so um so i'll get around to a lot of them soon i just that's just my current situation with movie watching but um yeah i uh i'm mad about it um uh robert if you could only watch one movie that comes out the rest of this year what is that one movie four things me too let's go i cannot wait for it and like there's a good Mm. amount that i'm excited for but yeah if i could only watch one movie that comes out between now and the end of December, it's it's Poor Things, for sure. Um that were Wonka it just, because I mean look, he's Wonka looks of course pretty good. Yeah. It's director of Paddington, so like
0: I, um, I was being mostly sarcastic about Wonka for as much as I do like Mr. Timmy.
1: I mean yeah, but like it looks fine. Um I was just looking to see like if there was like a comprehensive list of like other big movies that are coming out. But yeah, uh, Poor Things is the one. If if I could only watch one, that would Silent be Silent Night, Poor
0: Things. Uh, like Chicken different Run, uh, Triple Moon, yeah. American Fiction, Aquaman. I know you're into Aquaman.
1: Oh, boy, am I not. Ferrari. Uh, based off the early reactions for Ferrari's getting, I'm less and less excited. Those are just all the big ones. Yeah. Um, no, but for sure, for interest. sure, Poor Things is the number one. But yeah, like Chicken Run and...
0: I've watched that trailer for Poor Things a thousand times. I don't I've typically do that once. with trailers, but it's just so fun. Uh,
1: I've only seen it once just because it was in front of um, Killers of the Flower Moon, I think.
0: When she slaps uh, Mark Ruffalo and he says, Oh, it's my favorite movie moment of the year already.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, me too. Um, apparently there's a Velveteen Rabbit short coming out later this year. Alright, get ready to cry. Uh, <laughs> Good Burger 2? That's not your like number one? No,
0: boy. but I'm surprised you didn't say the family plan in an Apple TV movie starring Mark Wahlberg because he's he follows Jesus now, and he only makes wholesome <laughs> movies.
1: Yeah, but Jesus movies are the worst movies.
0: No, this isn't even a Jesus movie. It's he oh. makes like wholesome family movies because he only follows Jesus. And Got it. It's just as bad.
1: Got it. That okay? Um, yeah, not excited for that. Like uh, I haven't been excited for a Mark Wahlberg movie since and...
0: Transformers
1: Five. No.
0: Oh, Transformers Four. No. Oh, then I don't know what else you might ever be
1: excited about. Maybe Patriots Day because it was like him with um, the guy that did Lone Survivor, Peter Berg, and I like Deepwater Horizon and um, Lone Survivor, so maybe that was the last time. And Patriots Day's fine, but I certainly haven't been excited with anything that Mark Wahlberg's been doing with his career. I wanted to just make more movies like the other guys. He's got he's well, got comedy thing. jobs.
0: He genuinely doesn't want to do that anymore.
1: I know, but He that's doesn't what want he's to do at. The
0: Departed or the other guys or Boogie Nights.
1: Yeah, but those are. His- arguably three best movies
0: <laughs> i would have to think about it but i would probably
1: agree at least at least the at least in terms of him being in those movies i just know, can't like, think of
0: any other Wahlberg movies off the top of my head so i was probably right
1: i mean i really like him in four brothers but i've been a while since i've seen that i don't movie. think i've seen um, four
0: brothers and three <laughs> kings uh,
1: um yeah three, he's more of a minor king is he in no, three kings right. uh yeah because it's Clooney, Wahlberg, and um what was it ice cube yeah Right?
0: I think so. I don't know. Look, look at us movie people. Um, I just don't spend a lot of time thinking about freaking Mark Wahlberg
1: anymore. I The fighter could be in contention for one of his best, but...
0: Oh, act, unironically Pain and Gain. Like, <laughs> that's one of Michael Bay's top couple.
1: That, that movie's so bad, but I love watching it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. No, it's not um, even so bad. Like it's actually the Michael Bay style of you know the Jordan Belfort type of thing.
1: Pain and gain walked so ambulance could run. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm looking. Yeah, like uh, it's a happening. I'm sorry. On a similar vein, if you haven't seen Two Guns, I think you would really enjoy Two Guns. Is Two Guns a Mark Wahlberg movie? Mark Wahlberg and Denzel. Yeah. Wait. So
0: he's done Two Guns, Three Kings,
1: Four Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh where's a five or a or a one or a two. I mean Transformers Last Night is five. It's the fifth. It's not in the title though, unfortunately. Oh dang it. Um Father Stew, that starts with an F. He's done infinite, <laughs> that's a number movie. Model twenty two. Daddy's home too. There we go. There's our two.
0: Ted two. Ted two. <laughs> oh boy. Did you see no I didn't see Fathers Stu. Joe Bell, Joe Bell is ridiculous.
1: Another sticker. in a good way or a bad way.
0: Uh, there's a. It, I don't know if it's supposed to be a twist kind of way, like like something <laughs> happens. I don't know if it was intentional or not.
1: Robert, let let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Um, people that are listening, do they
0: still care? <laughs> no. Can genuinely can we skip the spinoff? Because I've said everything that's on my mind about other movies. <laughs>
1: Um, sure. I'll just briefly say that, um, the hunger games, uh, songbirds of Songbirds and snakes and whatnot is, uh, fine. Um,
0: I'm seeing it in an hour.
1: It's it, as far as cash grabs go, it's entertaining. That's what I put on the box. It's, there's no reason for this movie to exist, but I'm not mad that I watched it and I'll watch it again. And let me just ask you one thing. Is Rachel Ziegler any good? She's great. She's great. Um, her accents are like, People she's are doing complaining that it's like distracting. Yeah, um it's Southern Bell accent. Okay. Um and um like like bayou Southern Bell accent. And um it's endearing. Um I'm
0: just curious because she's uh, she really sings good a lot, so Tide's she's story. great. Bad yeah. in Shazam, but everyone's bad in Shazam. So yeah,
1: I didn't see Shazam. No, she's um probably the standout. Um I think the both the two leads uh are acting like the acting is really standout. I mean Viola Davis is kind of like doing her Viola Davis thing where she's like uh, the Peter Dinklage character might be the most interesting character in the movie to me. And she but, came to um, me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but Ra- you, Rachel Zeigler's is uh, really good in the movie, but yeah, the, the movie has no point to exist. You don't need to see it, but it's fine. Um, it's worth On that note, uh, that's a wrap. Uh, remember, you can follow Robert um, on Letterboxd and check out his podcast. Also see um, that he does with Foster. Robert's Thoughts voice. on Letterboxd. Their podcast, Robert's Thoughts on Letterboxd. Um, let's also see on Letterboxd. Um. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my
0: username is the podcast that he does with Foster. They, they, they both do it. That's what my, oh, gotcha, my gotcha, username gotcha. is.
1: Yeah, I'll put Robert's Letterboxd handle, the real one, in his <laughs> uh, in the episode description. You can follow me on social media places at SchweitCastle.com. Um remember that you can follow that Sip Pop writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studio media or by searching studio DNA in your podcast player. If you want to write sippop.com you want to get in contact with us, uh, send us a question to explore during the B plot, then email writers at pop.com Please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify if you're listening over those ways. Uh next week is gonna be a very disappointing episode because i so, like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm doing TV catch up with Mike and I haven't seen any TV. So Mike is going to be telling me about the shows that I'm really missing out on and I'm I'm going to promise to watch them and not watch them. And sorry, that's just the way it's going to be. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Mike and I are talking about doing something TV related, but different for next episode. I'm really excited for that. Actually. We love hosts Um, who prepare
0: for their podcasts.
1: Yeah, no, it's just, it's, I'm really excited to talk with Mike. It's just, I am woefully unprepared to have this conversation and see no way that I'm going to be able to catch up on anything. I might, I might get one show done before then. I might be like talking with the wife and be like, Loki or Ahsoka right now. Let's go. Um, and there are many
0: better options. I'm sure that you could choose than those.
1: I could start secession, you know? Um, but watch the curse. Watch the first episode of the curse. I should watch. I should finish the rehearsal. You should finish Uh, the rehearsal.
0: (laughs) I should watch it for the seventh time. <laughs>
1: uh, in two weeks, uh, Sam and Jake H. Um, I'll find out how to pronounce his name. Um, then uh, we'll be talking about Hulk I and Ganica. Pretty clearly short. Sure, um, probably. Uh, what if it's like watch Smith? you be wrong and sound like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Hulk the original 2003 Ang Lee Hulk movie and Gattaca next month as mentioned Robert and I talk about the elephant man Robert say the thing
0: this episode was based on a Tokyo story and now we have to get back to the writer's room